Welcome to Baden Bulletin, where Catholicism and the people of Baden seek the great mercy of God. Isn't God so good? Oh, you better believe it, Father. He's always good. He's much better than I ever realized. The longer I live on earth, the more I realize how good he is. And he's never disappointed by us trying to figure it out, is he? I don't think so. <laughs> no, he, he no. never tires of us. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Getting, uh, getting wrapped around our own lives and then realizing it's in his hands. Yes, he's patient. He knows we're like little children. That's he's patient. True. That's true. Yeah, as we figure it out. My name is Father Cusick, the pastor at St. Michael's in Baden, Maryland, and I'm joined, as always, by my distinguished and darn tootin' <laughs> good singer. Oh my goodness. Sarah Grace. How have you been, Sarah? Hi, Father. I've been good. I, you know, a couple bumps in the road here and there, but I've actually, just in the past couple of weeks, Jesus has really been helping me understand how much he loves me. And it's making, it's actually like revamping my whole life. I'd, maybe later I can share with everyone a little bit. That would be great. Yeah. It's always wonderful to hear how mm-hmm. God um, is specially tuned to our needs, you know, and that yes. when Jesus comes to our help, it is because he already has known the help that is needed. And that help is abundant and it's clear yes. when it comes into our lives. Yes. That's what's so cool about grace and about mercy. And what I'd like to start by uh, telling you and um, our listeners is that in a recent vacation, I was able to go to a couple of wonderful church shrines in the New England area. And so this was about two weeks ago on a a, a little break that I took with a priest friend. And I'll tell you, I didn't really want to go to all these church places on my vacation. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't what I was expecting. It wasn't like what I thought would be very relaxing. But because of God's mercy, it was so refreshing to see these wonderful places. So I'll summarize Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, I could talk for probably an hour about them. So the first place we ended up was in New Haven. And in New Haven, Connecticut, there is the headquarters of the Knights of Columbus. And there is a museum there that is all about the life of the founder of the Uh, Knights of Columbus. Mm -hmm. And his name is Father Michael McGivney. Is that an Irish name? Yes. It's a very Irish name. It has an Irish brogue, even if you say McGivney. You should tell his story with an Irish brogue. (laughs) No no pressure. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. So what I found out when we went to New Haven is that there is a whole center of dedicated to Michael McGivney and to his life. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason they now have all of these displays in this building mm-hmm. is because he was beatified in 2020, I believe it was. I didn't know he was beatified. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. So a very... That's exciting. Yeah. A very exciting thing because in the United States, a parish priest being canonized would be one of the, you know, just great, like, leaps forward for our, you know, diocesan clergy. Oh, I didn't even know he was a priest. I'm very ignorant. This Mm -hmm. is bad. Yeah, Yeah. I should know more about the Knights of Columbus, but I've never heard of their history. Yeah, so in a nutshell, um, Michael McGivney um, was more or less born into an Irish family in the United States. Okay, in the U.S. mm -hmm, Yep, and um, his whole, you know, 
family was Catholic. And so yeah. what he ended up doing um, as a young man was um, he felt this call to, you know, serve God and join the seminary. And um, his father, first of all, he said, well, let's test this vocation to see if it, it really is from God. And so he ended up sending him uh, to work in a spoon factory. Oh. Yeah, so they, he made spoons for a little while. <laughs> Whoa, that's unique. <laughs> it is, yeah. But in New England, there was a very large textiles industry. Oh, I see. So a lot of factories in these towns where, where he would have lived. Um, so anyways, he ended up finding that he made some money so that he could be sent to the seminary because at that, that time you had to have some money to afford to be um, in the seminary, mm-hmm. to enroll in the seminary. So he did that. And um, he went to a few different seminaries, um, one in Canada, um, another in the United States. And he was ordained, I want to say, in the, I want to say in the 19, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but the, like the early 1900s, probably like the mm. early, like 1920 okay. or 1930, I want to say. And so he was sent to um, a parish where he was the parochial vicar, which is like the second, you know, so there's pastor and then right, there's the yeah, associate yeah. or parochial vicar, they call him. And he was not really responsible for, you know, too many like, you know, extraordinary things. I mean, he would teach, he would, you know, bring the sacraments to yeah. people who are sick. Of course, he would preach and hear confession. Everything a parish priest is, yes. you know, supposed to and, and you know, is, is given the, uh, the authority to do. Um, what happened was in that time period, there were many immigrants that came over from Europe to America to make, you know, a new life for themselves and their families. But a lot of the immigrant men who would come into the, the United States, their only source of income in many ways was the type of work that would be like in industries, like very backbreaking type of work, like, like digging ditches and like building train tracks and mining, you know, going into the dark mines to, to mine coal and other precious minerals. And Ooh, so a lot dangerous work. Yeah. And in fact, a lot of the men, so the, the sources of income, a lot of them passed away because of yeah. that very hard mm-hmm. you know, work life. And what Michael McGivney noticed was that there was no way to take care of their widows or their oh, children. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what he ended up doing was him and some other um, entrepreneurs in, this, yeah. in his area in Connecticut decided to start a Catholic mm-hmm. fraternal group that would um, be a source of friendship for mm-hmm. all the Catholic immigrants. But also they set up a fund, which was basically insurance policies ah, that yes. as the breadwinner would pass away, these insurance policies would kick in to provide income mm. for the widows and for the, um, the children that um, okay. didn't have their father's you know, help yeah. and support anymore. So that's how the Knights of Columbus were born. <clears throat> I've heard a little bit about those insurance policies, but I didn't understand the connection fully. So mm-hmm. that's really beautiful. What a very tender heart he had. It really was. And um, his tomb is in the parish where he became the pastor, which is in St. Mary's, old St. Mary's in New Haven. And it's fun because the parish is literally stuck or like, you know, placed right in the middle of Yale. So the, you know, the, the, you know, the Ivy League university. That's so funny. It is funny. And so, um, (laughs) It, um, it, it's interesting because like when we walked out of church, we, we were there to, to pray and at his tomb. We walked out of church and what you don't see normally at a church is like young 20-somethings like sitting around the, the front steps just eating their lunch, like, you know, on, on a break. So it was kind of neat to see that. It was a, you know, inter- yeah. interesting trip there. And one of the things that I really appreciated about McGivney is that 
he didn't live very long, in fact. I think he died when he was about 40. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. And what the, what the story is there oh, is that gosh. he worked so hard and f- so mm. full of zeal for souls yeah. that he really worked himself oh. into sickness and then died. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, he got beatified, and um, they're, wow. they're waiting for um, one more miracle <clears throat> to, to you know, mm. advance his cause so that he can be called St. Michael McGivney. I've heard of a, no- a couple of saints that I can think of up of off the top of my head that did the same thing like where they that outpouring of love like jesus on the cross you know they didn't count the cost they just gave everything that's yeah and and it and it it, it strikes me too and part of the reason i was really refreshed is that you see a priest that in michael mcgivney that truly cared for the flock that he saw a need and with the support of, you know, courageous and generous men yes. and women, they, they bonded together and they said, this will be the way that we can help souls, you yes. know, financially, mm-hmm. but never losing sight of that idea that yeah. there really is the soul is the most important part right. that we can help and uh, prepare for yeah. the journey to God. Yeah, that's so beautiful. It, it's so much like Jesus's own heart, you know, because he he would see the physical suffering and he wanted to heal that as well as a doorway to the soul sometimes, you know, like, cause sometimes when we're really sick or suffering a lot, it's hard for us to keep our mind on God or we, we can get, con- if we're in so much suffering, it's hard to see God's love for us sometimes. But then they got to see Jesus reaching out to them in mercy through father and through all these men all the widows and mm-hmm. and orphans. So he was truly embodying Jesus' mercy. That's beautiful, Father. Yeah, it really it really has mm-hmm. a nice museum. If you're ever in New England um, and it happened to be on you know, Interstate yeah. 95, that's a great place to stop. And yeah. the other neat thing is that they have a specific pizza that mm. is is you know known in New Eng- New England or New New Haven especially. It's called New Haven Pizza. So we ended it, up having, oh, okay. yeah, it's, a, it's like a Chicago style I or, see. you know, deep, deep dish style there. They have a New Haven style pizza. Probably father enjoyed that as well. Father McG- McGivney, McGivney. Father McGivney probably had eaten a number of those. Well, there was, so the reason that they have their own style is because of the Italian immigrants that ah. they were settling in the area and they started to have their certain, you know, ingredients and their types of dough mm. and their types of, you know, concoctions. Mm, delicious. And it was, and here's the funny thing. We got displaced from the lines because we we ended up going to a pizzeria. Yes. But the line was, you know, I don't know, maybe 50 people deep. Oh my. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe 20 minute wait. Try an hour. Goodness. For takeaway. What? <laughs> oh yeah. my. Yeah. It's like your your lunch break is over. It's like, like... <laughs> it's like God have mercy on on me who just wants a slice of pizza. Goodness sake. Wow, we're not used to waiting that long. And I know? think probably because the the tourists started to come back, like, oh, and not yeah. just tourists, but the yeah. parents were moving in their kids to the college. Oh, no wonder. And they so were they all had, like, yeah, oh, they were like, we have sense. to get a pizza before we, right. you know, leave Yale, you know. A lot leave, of leave. hungry people, yeah. yeah. So we ended up going to a place um, where there was only like a five minute wait. So 
Oh. Um, we ended up, yeah, having our pizza anyways. Oh, okay. Yeah, so God is good. I was going to say, was it worth the wait, Father? <laughs> <laughs> we, tried, we, we tried our best. We we're like, yeah, we just go, don't want to wait yeah, an hour to get a takeaway yeah. pizza and then eat it in the car. So yeah. we ended up finding a restaurant we actually could sit down in. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Glad you got to enjoy that. Mm, sounds delicious. It was, it was. And uh, another sign of God's mercy. You know, like sometimes I think about that one. I'm eating something really good and I just think, thank you, Father. Because this is like amazing, the food he's given us. Mm-hmm. He's so loving to us. Yeah. Yes. And the um, other um, the other place we got to visit was the uh, is very popular place to, to go, um, and especially well-known because of St. Faustina, um, was the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy. It's Ooh, in Stockbridge, yes. Massachusetts. I've heard of it. I've never been. Yeah. But- and you've seen the... The, maybe the, um, the YouTube, yeah, YouTube oh, yeah. prayers where you know everyone's kneeling down and reciting the Divine Mercy Chaplet. I've watched, you know, the one I love. I'm pretty sure it's there. It's the sung Divine Mercy. Mm-hmm. That's it. For the sake mm-hmm. that one. Yep. Of a sorrowful passion. I love that version of it. Yep. So healing. It is. It yeah. is. So we ended up going to that shrine, and um, that day we we got there about noon um, when we arrived, we had somebody, kind of a local with us that was um, traveling with us that day. And she said, you have to get there at this time so that you can do the holy hour at this time. Oh, nice. And then the rosary and then mass wow. and, the, and then divine mercy chaplet. Oh, like a whole it was retreat. Like a, it was like a, yeah, it was a retreat. A little a mini retreat it really, or something. It really was. And it's in a fantastic church. Um, I don't actually know the name of the church. I want to say probably just the Church of Divine Mercy or, yeah. or something like that. But inside, it's very well decorated. So it kind of looks mm. to me like you know, somebody took a long time to really think about mm. the windows and the, oh, um, the paintings yep, and the altar. It's all Divine Mercy? Like the whole theme in there is Divine Mercy? It certainly is, yeah. Oh, okay. So the very popular Divine Mercy image oh, with Jesus, you know, with his... The origi- like the one that... That yeah, the one that's in Poland. In Poland. Okay. Yeah, oh, I love that one. It's yeah. the it's that one. So that one's up yeah. on you know displayed very prominently. The one we have in our church or the other one? You know, I can't remember. All right, right off like the top. Two, yeah, there's like two very popular versions. One he looks more Polish, mm-hmm. and the other one he looks like more American. Mm-hmm, generic. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're both gorgeous. Yeah, they are. I love them. I I can't remember exactly which one. I think it's the more Polish looking one. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, some of our listeners may not know um, about this this devotion to divine mercy. So um, it goes back really since um, the late 1800s. Um, there was a sister in a convent in Poland, and Jesus appeared to her at many times. It wasn't just like one time or two times. It was over a series of like, I think a couple of years, mm-hmm. and said that you were going to be the apostle of mercy. And I, my desire is to uh, really spread, use you to spread yeah. the mercy, this message of divine mercy, that any souls, yeah. no matter how far away or how, you know, um, how sinful the, the person may be, they just come to my mercy, yes. repent of their sin, and I will receive them oh. and, and pour my, myself, you know, my, 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 myself into their hearts to, to help them. It's beautiful. Yeah. And so from that, from the, um, the visions to Sister Faustina, now St. Faustina, she was able to have an image painted about mm. 
what his you know desire was like so in that image you want to describe it oh sure because yeah, yes. i think you probably can describe it better than i can oh boy well uh, i don't know you're pretty good father <laughs> um yes jesus wanted his image to be displayed so that sinners could draw near his heart so in the image you see it's almost like another presentation of the sacred heart of jesus because you see coming from his heart beautiful rays um, of mercy and love, blood and water. So you see the blue and the red symbolizing the blood and water that gushed from his sacred heart, which was really an act of mercy mm-hmm. for all, you know, he died for us so that we could go to heaven so our sins could be forgiven. So it shows his beautiful heart and all the mercy just streaming out of it like light, like rays of light. And then he's raising his hand in blessing. And you can see the wounds in his hand. You can see the wounds in his feet. And of course, the wound in his heart is what is emitting these beautiful rays of mercy. And then this is such a beautiful part of the image, which is very unique to it. He wanted her to have written on it, Jesus, I trust in you. That's right. And in Polish, Jezu ufam tobie, which is so beautiful. I remember I learned a song. I went to a Polish church once and they, and, and they sang, they had this beautiful song, Jesus, I trust in you. They would just repeat that over and over and over. And actually, I heard one time that just saying that is a very powerful um, prayer of protection that you can pray if you're experiencing difficulties um, or like a spiritual attack. You can pray that prayer, Jesus, I trust in you. And it's powerful against evil just to pray that over and over. So um, Jesus knew we needed to hear that. (laughs) Precisely. And um, another saint that you really connect to within this divine mercy image and devotion would be St. John Paul II. You know, the pope that established Divine Mercy Sunday. Mm-hmm. And he, yes. He was from Poland. Juan so. Pablo Segundo yes. te quiere todo el mundo. Exactly. Yep. Our papa. <laughs> he had this great devotion and he canonized um, Sister Faustina to become Saint Faustina. Yes. And then he um, really fervently, you know, spread this devotion um, through her intercession to uh, to many parts of the world. And, and so... It's, it's not surprising when you go into a church nowadays um, in the U.S. Oh, yeah. or, you know, anywhere, North America or South America even, mm-hmm. and you see that image of divine mercy. It really has become one of those icons of spirituality in our life. Oh, yes. And the one thing I love about this devotion is that Jesus asked Faustina as part of the devotion that she would practice acts of mercy each day, Mm. which is when you read the diary, then you find out, oh, this is so beautiful. You know, it's it's a devotion that really is supposed to be enfleshed in our lives. So of course, like, because Jesus promises her that when you go to confession, he doesn't remember your sins. And um, so it it helps us not be afraid to go to confession because we see how loving and kind and and merciful he is he just wants to forgive us he wants to fill us up with love but then he wants us to go and give that mercy to the suffering basically the acts of mercy he encourages all the acts of um, the spiritual works of mercy and the corporal Corporal. yeah corporal works of mercy Um, and that's helped me to sort of stay on track you know like 
I think of the Good Samaritan story where mercy was shown to the, the wounded man, and, and that's a huge part of the devotion as well. And you see JP too doing that, like when he was shot by, um, I can't remember the name of the, the man who mm-hmm. shot him, but then John Paul, like one of the first thing he does when he's out of the hospital is go visit the man who shot him, and you see him like tenderly embracing him, and eventually the man became Catholic. Is that um, right? Yeah. So, so I'm pretty sure, a, unless I like got the wrong story in my head right now, but well, I remember about that story. He he went to the prison yeah. to um, to you know have a basically like a a heart to heart with this man who tried to assassinate him, and he said that he, he does not have any sort of hatred. That he has no sort of bitterness. oh, John Paul, right? He yeah, had, no. he said, I, "I forgive you, and God loves yeah. you." Is is you know how he kind of put it? I wish I, I wish so, I yeah knew all the words that he used. Oh, I love the pictures of that because he's like you know holding the guy tenderly like a father. Mm-hmm. It's just oh, like his hand is on his shoulder, mm-hmm. you know, or on his head, and he's listening to him. Um, and the man looks very like humbled, you know, he'd been through a lot. I'm sure he realized, oh my goodness, what have I done? You mm-hmm. know, and like, but he did, instead of finding condemnation, which he probably expected to find, he finds mercy and love and, ah, uh, which is what we all need so badly. Yeah, one of the great um, passages of scripture that talks about mercy and um, sort of this actionable mercy would be in uh, Luke's gospel, the parables there are so striking about um, yeah. God's going after and, and finding those who have been broken or hurt. Um, so I wanted to read uh, the one about the lost sheep and, uh, and see if we can oh, reflect yeah, a little bit about that. Yeah. So this is Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 1. The tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to him, but the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them he addressed this parable. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he finds it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy. And upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. Hmm. I love that one. <laughs> yeah, what, what stands out in that, in that particular hmm. parable for you? The joy. Hmm. Yeah, it's just such a beautiful image to think of the joy that Jesus has when one of his children, um, when he can embrace one of his children again, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh. I like the, the idea that he kind of, <laughs> how do I say it? He leaves 99 sheep, you know, yeah, just to find a single sheep that's always been something that I've had to wrap my head around, you yeah. know, that he, the father, so if we translate and, and interpret this a little bit, the father, like, almost, um, what's the word I want to use? 
He risks. Yes, he risks his own sort of like love, you know, so that it can be spread even further into the um, into the wilderness or into the, um, you know, the place where the sheep has gone astray. Um, And we're the lost sheep. Each one of us, Mm -hmm. you know, should consider ourselves that one that the father is looking for and and tenderly, you know, seeking. And then what I really like about the the fact when he finds the sheep, he doesn't like drive it and make it walk back to the fold. He takes it and he puts it on his own shoulders. So he relieves it even that of of, of its, of its burden of walking. So he basically takes on himself the, the hardship, you know, and he takes it. So it shows that he carries the lost Mm -hmm. back himself through that love. Yes. And that little sheep gets to be real close to him, you know, and then I remember hearing from a man who actually was a shepherd. He lived out west. He's only like in his mid-30s right now. But they had sheep on their farm. And he said that one day one of the little baby sheep got sick, a little lamb. And so they took the little lamb into their own home. And they fed the little lamb. And he would like sit under their table He was kind of like a dog, you know, like, but then what happened was when he was well and they let him out with the other little, with the other sheep, he, as soon as this gentleman would go out to call the sheep, this little lamb would be the very first one to follow him. Mm. He, cause he was, he loved him and he knew he was loved cause he, because of his sickness, and his weakness, he had gotten to get really close to the shepherd. And trusted him. Yes, he trusted him. Even he... more than his own, you know, family of sheep. Yes. <laughs> and then... The that, sh- so that affection really bonded them. Yes, he mm-hmm. was bonded to him. And then what was neat is he said that once you get one to follow you, the others follow a lot easier. Hmm. They all fall in. You just need like in one line. to start and mm-hmm. then the rest will come. Oh, wow. So it had an effect on the whole flock. Yeah, it's mind-boggling, isn't it? It's like wow. well, it, it's very consoling. Um, yeah. It helps in a lot of ways to know that God's desire is for the sick and those who are sinning to stay with Him mm-hmm. and to trust that He is going to remove those obstacles. Yeah, because they do have to be removed. You know, sickness right. is is an obstacle to health. Sin is an yeah. obstacle to to grace and to union. Yeah. So God will permit a person to stay with God and stay with, you know, him until that realization is Mm -hmm. God's the one that has brought me back to full health and to full knowledge of his goodness and of my worth Mm -hmm. as a, as a human being, a a, a child of God. Yes. And then that sort of circle of blessing will be spread, you know, in a natural and and a supernatural way that once the healing is taking place and once the sinner comes back from sin, the supernatural gift is that grace will abound because with God, every action, grace abounds and and healing can be distributed. Yeah. Because it's in those moments of brokenness that we, when we actually draw near to Christ instead of running away, like when we draw near, then we find out how good he is. We're like, oh my gosh, I never knew he was so good. That happened to me, actually. It was in my hardest, darkest, most you know, difficult times. Then I, that was when 
he revealed his tenderness to me. And I was like, oh my goodness, I, God is really, really, really good. And he's really close yes. to us. Yeah. But sometimes when we're, we're doing really well and we're, you know, we forget to stay close to him. And mm-hmm. we, have, we have lots of earthly things to mm-hmm. keep us occupied and yeah. we're doing good yeah. and we're doing great and we're making, you know, our goals and, yeah. you know, accomplishing things. Mm-hmm. We do forget who's giving us the, yeah. the abilities yes, and the strength do. to do that. Yep. So sometimes that's a great point and I want to bring this yeah. out because sometimes God will let us be removed from his supernatural blessings mm-hmm. when we only focused on our natural sort oh, of goodness yes. and our natural right. blessings because what yeah. happens is we start to f- focus on that as our doing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and we don't give him credit where credit yes. is due because god is the is, is the, all, the almighty creator exactly so anything that we're able to do <laughs> it's there because he put it there yeah like hello god made me like i can't do a thing if he hadn't created me yeah. i'd be nothing yeah. nada every every breath yeah. is because the air is put here by him yeah every step is because i have feet that are yes. on my body you know so these yeah. are these are moments where when we have those i've done it i've succeeded <laughs> i've i've grown oh man without god that that our natural senses start to overpower our supernatural senses yes that's a good way to put it yeah and then we can become a little lost in just the natural goods of the world and we're created to be supernatural beings so the goods of the world and the blessings of knowledge and truth and wonder and prayer yeah you know and so you have to add all of it together to make a full you know godly and divine experience definitely and so he allows the cross in our lives sometimes because it's the best remedy for our soul we don't understand but he's actually really really concerned about our souls like because that's we we have to get to heaven he really wants us to get to heaven so he's willing to allow the cross you know in our lives in order to get our soul to heaven Um, and you know we were talking about the irish because saint patrick i love saint patrick and he says that um when he was in the darkest moments of his life, when he was a slave, like alone in a really cold place with little food and for six years. And he was a shepherd. He was forced he was to labor shepherd. as a shepherd. Mm-hmm. He was a shepherd. He said it was during those years that he experienced the father's tender love. The father revealed his, himself as a tender father. Because mm-hmm. before that, he had not He hadn't been introduced to the, yeah. Mm, yeah, to the Christian God. He didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had no relationship with God, you know, so to speak. And so then when he started to find God, then he prayed, like, uh, he says, I prayed a hundred times a day. They, they called him the holy youth because he got caught on fire with love mm, for God. Mm-hmm. Because of God's mercy, God was with him when he was alone. He had nobody but God. Right, and a sheep. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And then he probably learned what it meant, like this scripture passage probably spoke to, can you imagine how it spoke to Patrick? I often wonder, would a shepherd actually leave their Not entire flock, their flock to go after one? And I think I, they would like, they love their, if they knew, oh my gosh, my little lamb is missing. 
they would chance like you guys stay here you know like recklessly yeah to go and find love. that one yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and love doesn't go by measures you know right by, by like you know sort of like well i can just do this and yeah I'll, there's something greater than number right exactly and that's that's what love draws it drives us yes yeah it drives us to do certain things that we're not we're not expecting it to be reasonable but yeah. in the divine language it is it's, extremely right yeah it's the only thing to do yeah people will call you crazy but it's like are you kidding this is like the one i love i've got to do something to help this person like you know no matter what the cost this person means that much to me yeah, that's, that's really the Christian belief is that God's love is so in, intimate and, and, and personal that yeah. even a person like his own dear son yeah. would suffer and die and yeah. redeem each one of us in a personal way. Because when Jesus was on the cross, he saw every person's yeah. sin. Mm. Isn't that amazing? Oh. Yes, to... Talk put, about overload. Talk about total, yeah, ab like, abandonment. He was overwhelmed with yeah. sadness that he had to die for each and every person. And think mm -hmm. about the billions of people that are, will ever live. Oh. You know? And so his blood shed on the cross was sufficient, yeah. you know, oh, yes. to cleanse of us, cleanse yeah. us of sin, provided, of mm -hmm. course, that we come to him and ask for his, blood, his mercy and forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah, that's what actually I was trying to describe earlier is I asked Our Lady, actually today's Mary's birthday, so it's a special day to be talking, Father. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, today is September the 8th, the yeah. nativity of the, of the Blessed Virgin yeah. Mary. But I was asking Our Lady recently because I felt like I was sort of stuck on my spiritual journey or just not quite sure how to move forward. So I asked Mary, Mary, can you... Just take my relationship with Jesus. Just, I give it to you, Mary. And it was shortly after I did that that I started to realize that Jesus, like I know Jesus, I, I knew Jesus loved me, but I started to understand it at a level of the heart in, in a way that I've never understood it before that reduced a lot of my fears and anxieties. You really love me. Like, I don't have to be afraid of you because of my sins. I'm, you actually, like, you're not going to be really, really mean and hard on me. You want me to come to you. You're not going to hurt me. You're, you, you love me. He can put you on your shoulder, his shoulder. Yeah. I finally started to feel safe. I, this is, you know, embarrassing to be like, okay, guys, I'm a late bloomer. <laughs> but, like, I just... um just to actually know that I'm safe with Jesus because he really means it. Like he, and then I love going to mass even more now because I finally, I realized it's Jesus. He said, do this in remembrance of me. He wants us to remember every day if we can how much he loves us. That's what it's about. It's like Jesus through you, Father, like you're the one he sent to tell us every day, I love you. I love you. I forgive you. Like I'm, I really will, will give my very life in order to help you know how much I want to forgive you. So, yeah. yeah. And as, as the priest who is so blessed to be, you know, sort of the, the image of this good shepherd, one of the best 
images for me while I experience that, you know, love that's yeah. flowing through my hands or through my, my, my gestures is the idea of feeding the sheep. Because mm. in the Eucharist, Jesus is present feeding mm. that heart and feeding that, oh. that body. You know, yeah. it's, such a, it's such a profound experience to, um, to be the hands that enable a person to be loved like that, you know. And yeah. again, we're just, you know, very weak Humans. vessels. Yeah. Exactly. So it's profoundly humbling yeah. to know that Jesus wants to use a priest to yeah. be able to represent that mercy yeah. and, and to allow that mercy yeah. to, to come out. So pray for priests that, yes. that they can sense their fatherly, um, yeah. you know, um, aspects and, uh, yeah. and truly fall in love with that. Those, not just gestures, but those realities, those, those yeah. mysteries that flow through the mass, through preaching, yes. through sacramental communion. Yeah. And, and it comes to mind, confession, too, is like Jesus tending to the wounded sheep, you know, like the little lambs. He, it's such a beautiful thing that we get to hear your sins are forgiven, you know, mm-hmm. um, through the lips of a priest who can give us that gift from God. It's, it's so amazing how God wanted it, wanted us to be able to acknowledge our sins with humility to him and then hear him forgive us and be like, phew, you know, like, oh man. And then you could, and I think a big part of mercy, I mean, I know we don't have much time probably left, but. We'll do part two next time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because maybe a big part of it is then, okay, am I actually going to receive this mercy into my heart and forgive myself? That's a great topic. I think I think we could leave it there. That yes. that is that is wonderful to to leave it on that because um it's a, it's a cliffhanger kind yeah. of ending. So oh, um, I want to thank you, Sarah, and uh, give uh, give credit to God where God Amen. is uh, needing credit because He is our merciful Father and he uh, sure is. we um, are His children. So um, yep. I want to invite the, the the readers, the readers. If you're reading right now, you're probably distracted. <laughs> The listener, I'd like to invite you all to like the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to, either on Spotify or Google or Apple, um, and you can um, you can subscribe to these podcasts so that you can um, you know have them on your um, on your phone or your devices. So um, until our next um, podcast, we thank God and why don't we ask for Mary's intercession um, and blessing? Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Father. All right, we'll have another conversation soon, and uh, everyone keep, uh, keep us, and we'll keep you uh, lifted up in prayer. Yes. Mercy is falling on Baton.